0: coming up now and established in the faith. So if you side with Jesus Christ, if you make Jesus Christ the King in your heart and life, he will make you a mighty man, a mighty woman of God. That's what the Holy Spirit said. And welcome today to Established in the Faith This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church Over in Middlesex, North Carolina And how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today Got a great message lined up for you Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes If not, let me encourage you to go over to Establishedinthefaith.com There you can listen to today's message As well as many others that are in podcast form Well, we're going to go on into the message now Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you if you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me please to the book of 1 Chronicles. The book of 1 Chronicles, now, if you're having trouble finding that, it's right before 2 Chronicles. The Book of First Chronicles, Chapter Eleven, and uh, if you're still having trouble finding it, you can look right up here on the screen and see it. First Chronicles, Chapter Eleven, Verse Ten. These also are the chief of the mighty men, whom David had, who strengthened themselves with him in his kingdom. And with all Israel to make him king according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. Today I want to begin a message. I probably will not finish it, so it will continue next week and however the Lord leads. We want to deal with the subject of David's mighty men of war. David's mighty men of war let's go to lord in prayer and ask for his help today heavenly father lord we come before your throne of grace today we thank you for all of your many blessings of life and life itself lord i thank you for this opportunity that you've given me to stand before these people and the minister your word and lord i have studied many things and i have prepared But, Lord, I ask for the anointing of your Spirit to rest upon me today. Bring back to my memory that which has been prepared. But, Lord, you know the needs of your people. And I ask, Lord, that you form every word in my mouth. Lord, that you will steer the message in the direction that you will have it to go, that the needs of the people will be met, whomever they may be, wherever they may be today. May your word go forth and accomplish that, Lord, for which you would have it too. And Lord, I pray that these people will be drawn closer to you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. If you'll look up in the first few verses of 1 Chronicles chapter 11, verse 3 in particular, I want you to notice there that the elders of Israel came together and anointed David to be the king over Israel. I don't know about you, but I can sense the presence of God as I read that particular verse. It had been a long time in coming to this particular time here. David has now become the king. There can be quite a distance between the promise and the possession. And I want you to think about what I've just said. God promised David as a little boy that he would be the future king of Israel. It did not happen immediately. It was quite a distance from that promise to the possession. God has promised you and I, as His children, many things. Again, it can be some distance between the promise and the possession. As the songwriter said, Through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. His grace has led me safe thus far, and grace will lead me on. We live in an age where we can get things right now. This push-button era that we live in. I was looking at the news the other day, and they were talking about these drones and the technology and so forth. That It's going to be quite possible if Jesus tarries. You can go on the Internet and order something and have it in just a couple of hours same day you think about that push button age I want it, I want it now that's just the way we human beings are but God don't necessarily work that way when he promises us something it can be some time in coming God's timing is just as important as what He's going to do. He has to get everything in line like He wants it. He has to get us in line like He wants us to be. And there can be hindrances to... The promise of God being fulfilled. David didn't dot every I and cross every T. He went over to the Philistines. Got out of the will of God. Went over to the land of the Philistines. And lived there for some 16 months. And God chastised him. It took A tragedy to get David's attention and to get him turned around. And he repented and came back to God. I believe this sin that David was involved in, it delayed the promise of God from being fulfilled. You see, immediately after the death of Saul, the people of Judah almost immediately made David their king. It was just a small group of people there in Israel. They made David their king. But the rest of Israel did not. Why? The people did not trust David because he had gone over and dwelt with the enemies of God for some 16 months. Sin has consequences to it. Sin can delay the promise of God. And if sin is not addressed, it can halt the promise of God altogether. But sin can delay the promise of God and sin can cause there to be only a partial fulfillment of the promise of God. Here David is now at this particular point. He's only the king over this small group of people. But the rest of Israel would not accept David. They didn't trust David because he had gone over to the enemy. And it didn't matter that David had repented and got it right. They didn't trust him. They wouldn't forgive him. The Bible says that Abner, who was in charge of Saul's army, went and made ish Saul's son, the king over all Israel. Abner had a place and position in Saul's army. He didn't want to lose that Place and position, so he promotes this over here and puts Ishbosheth up as the king of Israel. And this thing caused a civil war in Israel. The house of David, the house of Saul, seven and a half years of war, brother against brother. Bloodshed within the ranks of Israel. I want you to think about this. Instead of Israel pulling together, joining together and fighting the real I- enemy, here they are fighting each other. Sin, self-will, and unforgiveness caused that. And whenever you see churches today bickering and fussing and and there's always something going on between two factions in a church, believe me, friends, sin, self-will, and unforgiveness is the root cause. It's a strange thing. It was God's will for David to be the king of Israel and yet he was anointed three times. First by Samuel. Second by Judah. And then finally all of Israel came together and anointed David to be the king over everybody. The lost world out here could care less about what God wants. Sadly and regrettably, much of the church falls into that same category. We don't go God's way unless we see that it's in our best interest to go God's way. You got to grab some people and and pull them in with their fingernails dragging behind them in order to get them into the church. Just as God wanted David to be the king of Israel, God wants Jesus Christ to be the king today in your heart and in your life. And let me tell you, that is in your best interest. But it's hard to convince people that that's the case. I want to make a comparison here for just a few minutes. David became king over a few. Judah. Before he became king over all. Presently, today, right now. Jesus Christ is king only over a few. Oh, but let me tell you something. There's coming a day when Jesus Christ is going to be king over everybody. And he is going to rule this world with a rod of iron. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. But he's king over a few. Presently, is Jesus Christ the King in your heart and life? Or is Jesus Christ a fire insurance policy? Well, how do you tell, Brother James? Well, you tell like this. Are you calling the shots? Are you doing what you want to do? Or do you go before the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? That's when you've made Jesus Christ king over your heart and life. All right. The Bible tells us, 1 Chronicles chapter 11, verse 10, that those who sided with David became mighty men. Now, the word men, man, can refer to both men and women. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28, the Bible says that under the new covenant, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, bond or free, male or female, but all are in Christ Jesus. Galatians three twenty-eight. So if you side with Jesus Christ, if you make Jesus Christ the king in your heart and life, he will make you a mighty man, a mighty woman of God. That's what the Holy Spirit said. That's what I want the Holy Spirit to say of me a mighty man of God. And every one of you listening to me today, that should be your desire as well. You ought to want to be a mighty man, a mighty woman of God. If you make Jesus Christ your King, you will be. He will make you into that. Next, 1 Chronicles 11.10 These... Are also the chief of the mighty men whom David had, who strengthened themselves with him in his kingdom and with all Israel. Your strength is in Christ Jesus. Your power comes from the Holy Spirit. And the only way the Holy Spirit will work. Within our hearts and lives is as we place our faith in Christ and what Christ did for us at the cross. That is the means by which that power can work and operate in your heart and life. They strengthen themselves with Him. There's no strength without Him. Jesus said, Without me, you can do nothing. So, if you're going to be a mighty man or woman of God, you've got to be in Christ. You've got to make him king. You've got to let him call the shots. Next, they had one agenda. And you can see it there in verse 10, 1 Chronicles 11. They had one agenda that was to make him king. Is that your agenda? Is that your number one top priority? To make Jesus Christ the king in your life? Or, like I said, is Jesus just a fire insurance policy? Is Jesus Christ calling the shots? Is he the dominating one in your life? Or is the sin nature still dominating you in some way, shape, form or fashion? Unless you make Jesus Christ the king in your heart and life you will not become a mighty anything for God you'll become a mighty hindrance to the work of God all right according to the word of the Lord last phrase there first chronicles 11:10 the word of the Lord is the will of God if you want to know what the will of God is read the word of God. People struggle with what the will of God is for their life. And yes, it can be a struggle when it comes to certain particular things like college, marriage, your career, that sort of thing. Those are big decisions that have to be made in life. And What does God want me to do in life? I I can understand that, and, and that can be different for every one of us in here. But the will of God for every single one of us is to make Jesus Christ the king in your life and let him call the shots. Give him the reins of your heart and life. Now, let's take a look at one of David's mighty men. Dana, if you will, pull it up on the screen. 1 Chronicles 11, verse 11. Jashubim, the Hakmonite. The Bible says that he lifted up his spear against 300, and they were slain by him at one time. You think of that. One man against 300. You're going to find that when you make Jesus Christ the king in your life, you're going to find that there is a lot of opposition out here. There's going to be more out here of the unsaved that set themselves against you. And it's not you per se as it is who you stand for and what you stand for. That's where the opposition is. But despite the opposition, Jashubim stood with his spear uplifted. That spear is a type of the Word of God. And he slew 300 men at one time. In the natural, that is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. As a child of God, when you make Jesus Christ the King, you're going to have to take a stand. And you're going to have to hold up the Word of God. And when you do, it will slay many. I'm not talking about a physical death. I'm talking about the Word of God. It's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit. You cannot get through to that one who is unsaved. But the Word of God, under the power of the Holy Spirit, can do it. But you've got to lift up your spear in a world where everybody's against you. And that's what Jashubim did. He lifted up his spear and slew 300 men. All right, let's look at Eliazar, the son of Dodo. First Chronicles 11, verses 12 through 14. David is at Past Damum, little small village. The people have worked all summer planting their crop, planting barley, cultivating it, working it. And here they are now fixing to harvest that for which they have worked for. And the Philistines have gathered now to come in and take it. It was a very small village, a very small crop of barley. You would probably look at that and say, Brother James, <laughs> I just don't know if that's worth fighting for. There ain't much to it. You know, you got to pick your battles. But David stood in that field of barley. It wasn't worth much. But he stood in that field. And Eleazar stood with him and they protected that field of barley, what the people had worked for. Let me tell you something, if you ain't careful, the devil will come in and take everything you got. And if you don't take a stand for a little thing, if you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. Little things, if you ain't careful, they can become great big things. And David stood in that field, and Eleazar stood beside him and fought for this little small field of barley. It wasn't worth much, but they stood their ground. And God wants to make mighty men and women of you every single one of you under the sound of my voice God wants to make a mighty man or woman of God out of you to where when the little small things pop up uh uh no sir not on my watch that you see what the devil's trying to do and you'll stand your ground because like I said if A little thing can quickly become a big thing if you ain't careful. And we've run out of time, and I'm going to deal with some more of these mighty men of God next week.